Good morning. This is Hippie Mama. I hope you guys are doing well. It is Thursday and it is a beautiful, beautiful week. I have so thoroughly enjoyed the time that I've had this week. Uh, It has been fruitful. It has been abundant. And I hope that each of you listening today have also had the same experience I know our lives are different. I know we're in different parts of the world or the states. Um, But you know what? Everybody deserves to have a peace of mind. Everybody deserves to have happiness. Everybody deserves to have love. And that is my wish for all of you, that you have abundancy of all the wonderful things that you want. Uh, As you know, today is Thursday, so I usually like to do some poetry. Uh, I'm going to skip from my usual poetryoutloud.org, and I'm going to go to another website because I was talking to someone this morning about sunrises and thought, my goodness, how beautiful is it? Um, Have you ever stood and watched the sunrise in the morning and just seeing it as it comes up behind the horizon. It is so beautiful. So I thought today I'd read a couple of poems about sunrises. And we'll start with the first one. Uh, Let me give you the name of this site before I start because I know how I am and I'll forget to to mention that. Um, It is called interestingliterature.com. That is the name of the website, and these are 10 of the best morning poems everyone should read, is the entitlement of this uh, article. So we'll start with the first one, and it's by an anonymous poet, writer, uh, but it's called A Medieval (coughs) Morning Prayer. And I think I probably pronounced that wrong. A Medieval Morning Prayer. Maybe that's more like Um, So let's begin our whistle-stop tour of the best morning poems in the 15th century with a prayer thanking the Lord for seeing us through the night all right and keeping us away from the devil. It goes, Jesus, Lord, blessed thou be, for all thy night thou hast kept me. From the fend and his post, whether I wake or that I sleep, if thou, I'm sorry, if you enjoy this medieval prayer, you might also like this one from the same site. Uh, again, people, sometimes I jack up stuff. As <laughs> you see, I didn't realize that was the end of it. So let me reread that really quick again. And then we'll go into one by William Shakespeare, Sonnet 33. But just the quick one, it says, Jesus, Lord, blessed thou be, for all this night thou hast kept me. That's me kept. From the fend and his post, whether I wake or that I sleep. Okay, number two, William Shakespeare, Sonnet 33. Fool, many a glorious morning have I seen. Flatter the mountain tops with sovereign eye, kissing with golden face the meadows green, gliding pale streams with heavenly alchemy. 
and uh, they talk about that this um, was the sonnet by Shakespeare begins full many a glorious morning have I seen is a touching evocation of lost love the fair youth many commentators say has gone off Shakespeare and the worldly sun only shone brightly and favorably on the bard for but one hour now the clouds have come over <clears throat> and the youth's love for Shakespeare has cooled. The opening lines describe the sun arriving on the scene of a morning earn the sonnet its place in this list. Let's see, let's go back to this. So, full many a glorious morning have I seen flatter the mountain tops with sovereign eye, kissing with golden face the meadows green, gliding pale streams with heavenly alchemy. That's beautiful. Uh, here's one by John Don, The Sun Rising. Busy old fool, unruly sun, while dost thou thus through windows and through curtains call on us? Must to thy motions lover's seasons run? Saucy, pedantic, wretch, go chid. Late schoolboys and sour apprentices, go tell court huntsmen that the king will ride. Call country ants to harvest office offices. Love all alike, no season, knows nor climb, nor hours, days, months, which are the rags of time. Its titles sometimes still render in the original spelling as the sun rising. This, um, in its glorious frame, it begins with dawn chasing the sun for peeping through the curtains. Oh, you know what I'm realizing, guys? It, after it gives the poem, it just kind of goes and gives a synopsis, a quick synopsis of what the poem or the writer was writing about. And I do think this is important, especially because, as you know, when I'm reading, sometimes I'm jacking stuff up. <laughs> so we'll read through those and, and that way to give you a better um, understanding of what the poet is actually saying. So it begins with Don chastising the sun for peeping through the curtains, rousing him and his lover as they lie in bed together for a morning. This is one of the first great morning poems in all English literature written around the same time as Shakespeare, as Shakespeare was pitting his sonnets. And it goes on, so I'm not going to read it all. Uh, William Wordsworth um, had composed upon Westminster Bridge. Earth has not anything to show more fair. Dull would he be of soul who would pass by, a sight so touching in its majesty. The city now doth like a garment wear the beauty of the morning. Okay, so this sonnet was written in 1802. Uh, it praises the beauty of London and the early morning light as the poet stands at Westminster Bridge. Uh, okay. There's one by Ella Willer Wilcox called Dawn. Day's sweetest moments are at dawn. Refreshed by his long sleep, the light kisses 
the languid lips of night. Eerie, she can rise and hasten on. That was it. This short poem is worthy of inclusion here, simply for its description of the dawn as the moment when the light kisses the, langu the languid lips of night. Quite a tender depiction of the moment daylight begins to take over from the darkness of night. Dawn is a little gem of a morning poem. And I guess that's true. Let's go back and reread that real quick because, I mean, that was super short. Day's sweet, day's sweetest moments are at dawn. Day's sweetest moments are at dawn. I agree. Refreshed by his long sleep, the light kisses the languid lips of night. Ere she can rise and hasten on. That's good. Um, the next one is called is by A. E. Hausman. It's called Spring Morning. Star in Cornell and Bell, April underfoot renews, and the hope of man as well. Flowers among the morning dews. Now the old come out to look. Winter past and winter's pain. How the sky and pool and brook glitters on the grassy plains. I like that one. This is like many of the short poems A.E. Hausman. Uh, he lived between 1859 and 1936. Um, Spring Morning features a hopeless lover. It is also it also includes some striking and evocative descriptive descriptions of dawn, tinged with pessimists and pagonancy. Uh, <clears throat> like so many of Hausman's best poems. All right. This is by T.S. Eliot, Morning at the Window. This early Eliot poem written in 1914 presents a series of miniature observations about modern urban life. The sound of dirty plates being rattled in the basement kitchen, the housemaids hanging around outside the properties where they are employed the brown fog of London over a century on, on from Wordsworth romantic view of London. All right. <clears throat> Where does it start? Ay, 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 ay. I don't know. You know, I feel like I've read the... Oh... Duh, I guess I have to click on the link <laughs> to read it. Sorry, guys. All right, the morning at window, at the window. They are rattling breakfast plates in basement kitchens and along the trampled edge edges of the street. I am aware of the damp soles of housemaids sprouting despondently at area gates. The brown waves of fog toss up to me, twisted faces, from the bottom of the street and tear from a passerbyer by with muddy skirts an aimless smile that hovers in the air and vanishes along the level of the roofs. So that was that particular poem that I read prior to actually reading or I read the description prior to reading the poem this time because it wasn't actually posted. <clears throat> there. 
And that was number seven. And number eight is William Ibsen Abad. Abad. Okay. I'm just waiting for it to load, guys. Uh, he was 1906 to 1984. And it reads, actually, this is quite a long poem, so hang on there. This will probably be our last one for today. It says, Hours before dawn, we were woken by the quake. My house was on a cliff. The things could take bookloads off shelves, break bottles in a row. Then the long pause, and then the bigger shake. It seems the best thing to be up and go. And far too large for my feet to step by, I hope that various buildings were brought low. The heart of standing is you cannot fly. It seemed quite safe till she got up and dressed. The guardist tourist makes the gut. Excuse me, the test. Then I said, the garden, laughing, she said no. Taxi for her and for me, healthy rest. It seemed the best thing to be up and go. The language problem, but you have to try. Some solid ground for lying could she show. The heart of standing is you cannot fly. None of these deaths were her point at all. The things was that the thing was that being woken he would bawl, and finding her not in earshot he would know. He tried saying half an hour to pay this call. It seemed the best thing then be up and go. I slept in blank as that as that I would yet lie till you have seen what a threat holds below the heart of standing is you cannot fly tell me again about europe and her and her pains who's tortured by the drought who by the rains glut me with floods where only the swine can row who cuts his throat and let him count his gains? It seemed the best thing to be up and go. A bedshift flight to a far eastern sky, only the same war on a stronger toe. The heart of standing is you cannot fly. Tell me more quickly what I lost by this, or tell me with less drama what they miss. Who call no die a god or a good throw? Who say after two aliens had one kiss, it seemed the best thing to be up and go? But as to rising, I can tell you why. It is on contradiction that they grow. It seemed the best thing to be up and go. Up was the heartening and strong reply the heart of standing is why we cannot fly well okay let's see a little bit of information about 
this poem. Abad is traditionally a dawn song where the lover laments the facts that dawn will separate him and his lover and bring an end to the night of passion. Empson's poem was written in Tokyo, 1933, and captures the moment when he and his Japanese lover are awoken by an earthquake. The opening line describes their initial experience of the quake and plane. Almost matter-of-fact terms, hours before dawn, we were woken by the quake. Empson suggests that his lover was employed as a nanny, and in the poem, she feels the need to return to the house where she works in order to comfort the child she is looking after. Is the earthquake perhaps a symbol of the coming war between Britain and Japan, a war that would make a relationship with a Japanese woman difficult? The poem repays multiple readings so that the richness of the symbolism and ambiguity can be felt if not always securely understood. References to sexual desire run through the poem, while the connection and tension between two languages and two cultures at a time of crisis are explored. You know, after I read what this actually meant, I really do love this poem. I think it was beautiful. Beautifully written that it was indeed. So, uh, and actually, this poem that I read and the explanation came from poetrybyheart.org.uk. If you guys want to check that out, and it's called Abad, um, 1940. So, at any rate, guys, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed um, some of the miss-ups <laughs> in the poetry reading, but you definitely know where you can go to find it. And um, be blessed. Have a great week. Tomorrow's Friday. We will be back again on Friday. Uh, please be kind to each other. But most importantly, be kind to yourselves because you deserve it. So until next time, guys, take care. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.